Hello, and welcome to Relationship Renovation Podcast with Tara and EJ Kerwin. As always, we're so grateful to have our listeners here with us. Um, Our goal and passion is to help individuals, couples, and families navigate difficult times and try to be the best person they can be, you know, not all the time, but most of the time. Yeah. Welcome. Happy New Year, Tara. Happy New Year. Ringing in the 2022. I know we are out of the gate and uh, running and stumbling. I think. Yeah, it wasn't a smooth entry into 2022, but that's okay. Yeah, actually. So, okay, this is my intro. As I was in the dark walking the dogs this morning, I was <laughs> thinking about our podcast today. Which, actually, this this topic came from a, a listener who reached out to us and contacted us. She gave us a couple of like really incredible ideas. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, I want to want to thank that means like a lot to us when we hear. So thank you so much to that individual. Mm -hmm. So this episode is coming out like about two weeks into the new year, and we're actually recording it a week into the new year. Mm -hmm. And I know at least myself, it was kind of this like, you know, you're at the starting gates of the race of this new year. And it was like a lot of like feeling a lot of excitement and anticipation about the new year. And then we took off out of the gates. And then immediately I feel like I tripped over something. And then as I was tripping, all of these obstacles sort of like came into my lane of running. And so as we entered this this new, what's supposed to be this bright kind of new beginning thing, like (laughs) sort of like instantly having to maneuver around like real things, you know, they weren't huge, right? You know, like, oh, there was sickness. Me and one of the kids was pretty sick. One of our office members was sick and my, we got some family stuff we're going through. And so (sighs) how this ties to our topic today is this idea of, you know, the name of the show is It Got Real Fast. It got real, real fast. <laughs> yes. And it's and it's in relationship, but, you know, there's generally some honeymoon period, you know, there's some time where it's just like bliss and attraction and lots of fun. And then things eventually get real, right? Mm-hmm. They can either get real you know, a couple years into it, few years into it, or, you know, like us, um, right after the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when it gets real, when like real life stressors come into your relationship, you know, that's when a lot of times the struggles begin. And this listener who who reached out to us was talking about her relationship. It got complicated very early on. Yes. And they were already sort of in it. And just how hard that is to not have like an extended early period of the relationship to resource back to of like, oh my God, it was so awesome for two years or four years Mm -hmm. that that's challenging. Yes. You don't have that time to really build that quality core strength, if you will, between the couples because you're you know, constantly having to deal with these external stressors. And so if you don't have that like safe landing base already to start from, and you're kind of both just trying to survive, I feel like that can be really traumatic to a relationship actually. Absolutely. Just like consistent stress daily. Yeah. And and I know that as I was thinking about this topic this week, I can think of this happening to couples in a variety of different ways. Many Not, different ways. Yeah, like, you know, one of the big ones is blended family. Like that gets things real very fast. 
you know, just committing super early, having kids very early. Mm-hmm. One that we bumped into a decent amount is couples who get together later in life and then one of the members of the couple has a significant health crisis and they go from like kind of this excitement of this new person later in life, but we're going to enjoy retirement and then some disease or some accident comes along and man, nothing is more real than seeing your partner be sort of like debilitated or, or deal with maybe, maybe passing away. I think everything that you're talking about, just there's one word that keeps popping in my brain and it's expectations. I can't speak for other people, but I know for myself, I have this expectation like, oh my gosh, when we get married and then we're going to have kids and our blended family is going to be amazing and just expecting that it'll all be good because up until then things have been good. And then when something kind of comes out at you that you didn't expect, it's like the wind gets knocked out of you. And then how do you cope with that? Because you feel really disappointed. And then how do you talk about that with your partner? Because you're probably just really triggered and frustrated and confused. And so then people don't get to talk about, wow, I had these expectations and nothing that I thought would happen happened and actually happened the opposite way. And so we really try to help, you know, in our practice here, how do couples talk about these expectations that we all have we're humans and like that they are disappointed and sad, but how do you move into this place of acceptance? Like, this is what life has given us right now. And if we can move in this together, you know, we'll have a chance that we might be able to survive. Yeah. So Tara, like, how do you see it as, you know, we know, we know the like external stressors, like, you know, life, money, kids, whatever, like they will eventually intrude into the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. But what is it about what's challenging in relationship you know, what happens when a couple enters into a very stressful portion of their relationship and it happens kind of early on? I mean, okay, that's a big question, EJ. Thanks for that on Friday morning at 8.30 (laughs) a.m. So the first thing that happened is, okay, so you have two individuals in this partnership and there's a lot of stress. We all handle stress very differently, And then it gets fused together. And so it just becomes so much more than what we're used to dealing with at an individual level. And so to me, if one partner, even both partners don't have this healthy sense of self or able to navigate, you know, complex emotions, and then there's two and it comes together, it feels like a tornado of stress all around you. And you're kind of like in the eye of it, just looking around, like, when is this going to stop? It almost feels like this sense of helplessness, yeah, possibly. Yeah, and and I know like so early on in a relationship, when you first get together with somebody, all you're seeing is really their beauty. You know, you're seeing their grace mm-hmm. and, and what's unique about them, and you're feeling these like incredible the best part of that. Person. Yeah, the <laughs> best part of it, and and in some ways, also it's like the best part of you at the same time because yeah. they're curious about it, and you certainly don't lay out to your you know, the person that you're dating early on, like, hey, here's here's all the like significant struggles I have and here's all my baggage and here's- Hey, I did, but only because I'm a therapist and yeah. I told you right up front, I'm yeah. high maintenance emotionally. But, but even that, like, you know, yeah. like like you could tell me, hey, right. I'm, I'm high needs emotionally, but like I did not get it, get it until <laughs> things got really intense right. for That's us, true. right? So then 
real life happens and suddenly, and this is something we talk to all of our couples about, we ask them this question, like when you were a kid, how did your primary yes. caregivers, how did you see them handle stress? You know, what were the messages you got about when things get complicated, this is the way in which people deal with them, right? And so things get real and both people have these maladaptive right. coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're confronted with, oh my God, like that's how they deal with this. This is how they deal with stress. Well, I don't like that because mm-hmm. I deal, you know, and this is all unconscious. Like my unhealthy way is I like store it in a box, duct tape it up, throw it in, in the cellar and ignore it. And wow, she wants to like, put a giant light on it and look at it nonstop for four (laughs) hours like that, you know, and oftentimes they don't blend well together. No, it's so funny. I just, I had a couple last week and they're such a great couple dealing with some infidelity stuff. And he's like, I just feel like every time she wants to talk to me, it has to be this four hour conversation because they have kids and they own their own business and they don't get a lot of time. And so when she gets him alone, like if they're going out for coffee, and he's like, that feels really overwhelming. And she was like, you've never told me that before. And so I'm helping them create these little pockets of time throughout the week so it doesn't have to be this four-hour thing where then he tunes out and then she feels like he doesn't listen and then she gets resentful, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, it just reminded no, me of that. That's 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 actually a perfect kind of segue, right? Because it's like, so you suddenly are confronted with your partner and the way that they might unhealthfully deal with a stressful moment or a prolonged stressful moment. And then you as a couple have zero tools to deal with it. Right. Like mm-hmm. like that for us was huge. We talk a lot about our twins being like a huge destabilizing event. But I, I think early on we were also dealing with, wow, blending this family is complicated even before the twins of like your role as a step bonus mom. Thank you. And, you know, me being, you know, halftime dad then, that was complicated because it was like, oh, what is this like where we have this like total free time and then we have like these two kids coming in and how do we sort of create a family? Right. But we did it. We got through it because there wasn't, you know, when you, that's the thing. We had space to deal with like, the blended family stuff before we had our own kids. So even though it was complicated and whatever, we talked about it. I could be frustrated. You could be okay. And then bam, twins hit. And it was like, there was no space. No space. There was no space. And so how do we help couples recognize that space is really important? Individual space. So you can recognize Am I jumping ahead, honey? No, I think if anything, it, it like makes absolute sense because that's the other thing is a lot of times when it gets real fast, you don't see it coming. Most of the time, yeah. you have no idea. It's you get totally in. broadsided as a couple yeah. and then you're coping with it poorly and then your own reactivity, both of you are sort of freaking out internally. Mm-hmm. You're not solving problems together as a unit. And so that like you become more and more constricted And then it's like, what do we do? What do we do? And I'm telling you the number one thing, and I I know I say it over and over over again, but the number one thing for me to stop toxic dynamics with us was my code word, right? Was burnt toast. And I said, EJ, 
If I don't let you know when I'm about to scream at you and tell you how much I resent you for bringing me into this, even though that wasn't the case, but that's how I felt at the time, I was like, we will not last. We won't work. And so when I say you guys know my burnt toast is my code word because my toast would constantly get burned because I'd forget about it in the toaster and then it would get cold and blah, blah, blah. And so that allowed me to be like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I'm taking accountability. I'm not going to put it on my kids or on my husband most of the time. Can't say that I do that all the time and that's okay. And then I would go and I would try to understand what's happening. Or if I didn't even want to go to that place and try to understand, I would just try to take like 10 minutes and just let my whole body relax. You know, for me, it's Miles Davis. I'd put him on and I would just lay in bed and maybe I would cry. I'd just let it get out so it wouldn't become more. And by doing that, I started to regulate my complex emotions better. I was understanding that I just feel really overwhelmed, that this was nothing that I thought it would be, that I had to be in a place of acceptance because if I was in this place of resignation, we would not work. So for me, the first thing was letting you know, hey, I'm going to do this when I can't be my best self or when I'm really overwhelmed or when I don't know what to do. Because what I really want to do is just scream at you and we can't do that. That's not the people we are. So that's the number one thing. And I think that helped us because you were like, okay, yes, she blames me for a lot of things, but I also see her trying to take some accountability and kind of regulate herself and then come back. Yeah. I mean, I think the earlier on a couple can realize that like, hey, we're falling into a pattern of communication, of emotion that is repetitive and is not leading to healthy resolution. You know, if you can just identify it as like, hey, this is happening. And then instead of like, sort of like what I think couples do is they, they get inside a paper bag together and then they try to punch their way out is doing what Tara's saying is like, if you can identify it and then tell each other like, hey, this is what it looks like. I isolate, you come at me, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you just identify what that dynamic is. And you try to have a conversation like this when you're not activated, hopefully at another time, so that you can say, hey, if we notice that this is happening, we're going to use a code word or we're going to have a way of not just like ineffectively trying to get out of it. Because we don't have the tools yet. We don't know how to get out of this yet in a healthy way. Because yeah, if you don't, important. you just repeat it over and over and over and over. And it becomes and over a vicious cycle, which this is really important. It's not about understanding why you're triggered in these moments. It's not about like, oh my gosh, how do I investigate and see what's happening? No. First, you're creating the space. You're letting your internal system calm down. You're giving it space. You're giving you and your partner the ability to try to come back together in a more organic, natural, non-escalated place. And then once you kind of get that down, which I feel like we got code word down very good, then we started to be like, oh my gosh, I remember like, cause I've never been so overwhelmed in my whole life ever, ever. That was the first time I ever experienced that much stress, so much stress. I thought I would die. I really did. And so that's when we started to explore our past. I mean, I've always explored my past because of therapy, but the two of us together, it's like, wow, when my caregivers would get really stressed, they'd kick us out of the house. They couldn't deal with it at all. I would just like get thrown out and say, come back, you know, when night falls, 
And then maybe they'd lock us in our room or something. Like it was just a complete, like no management of stress whatsoever. And so I had no idea. So once I started to get to that place, I was like, okay, now I have this ability to go deeper, to recognize like a lot of this is my central nervous system goes into flight, fight, or freeze because I get really scared when I get overwhelmed and I don't know what to do with it. And then I can share that with you. Like EJ, in these moments, all I know is my head gets really heavy and you can see it in my eyes and I really don't know what to do. It's like my central nervous system is just hijacked by massive amounts of like stress hormones. Again, I can't even like, it's like the feeling. And so then I could start to understand like, okay, this is from really early on the way my central nervous system developed. And I have to be able to like navigate this and go deeper and understand the negative core beliefs that get triggered. I mean, all the stuff we kind of do with our couples in therapy, but I do think it's key. Like once you guys kind of have a system down where you're not reinforcing traumatic cycles with each other, that exploring each other's background around how caregivers handled stress, how you handled stress as a child, it kind of opens this door to more understanding and more compassion. And then you guys can help each other because the whole idea anyway is to create a secure attachment, right? Like no matter what, we feel really connected even when we're not our best selves. And it's okay because we're accepted and loved and our needs are important and they will be met most of the time by our partner. We also have to regulate, you know, at an individual level. So we don't project it out into the, the ones that we really love and care about. Yeah. And I think like cycling back to the whole, it gets real fast portion of this as well. Cause, cause everything Tara just talked about that's stuff that's applicable for every single couple, no matter where yeah. you are in your relationship, it's like using conflict, using the difficult times as a moment to reflect personally, because that's the only thing you have control over of what's happening internally for you. Right. And, and then hopefully getting your partner to be able to listen so that they can understand you better and they can support you better. And then both people engaging in that process. Here's the thing about when it gets real fast is the fact that these moments can be an opportunity for you and your partner to understand each other better and evolve closer together. And if you can also like even though it got real fast, if you can make that a component of your relationship from early on, that you are dealing with problems proactively instead of just like sweeping it under the rug, it actually yeah. becomes the, the opportunity to get closer very early in your relationship and, yeah. and create really healthy adaptive skills early in your relationship. And this is what I told the the person when I spoke to her on the phone is like, cause she was like, I just don't know, like maybe, you know, maybe we're not meant for each other, mm-hmm. you know? So one of our takes is we don't know, are we meant for each other or not? You know, but is that person willing to look at themselves? Yes. You know, are they willing to do work themselves? You know, are you willing to be patient for it? You know, to me, that's like one of the biggest predictors for a couple's success is like, are both people willing to look at themselves and do the personal work? That gives you a fighting chance. That gives you a fighting chance. Absolutely. And you know what? If one person's not ready, that's okay. It's not your fault. I think everyone has their own journey. 
And again, like, oh, <laughs> this is like my thing. If, if all couples could just be preventative and like learn all these things before, but nobody does, right? Because we just have this kind of like Pollyanna approach. Yeah, everything's going to be amazing. Everything's yeah. going to be beautiful. And it's like just if, if you're going in like knowing like, okay, I have these expectations and they're actually probably like not real or unrealistic and you know, that would be amazing, but that's not the world we live in today. It's, it's what my passion is to kind of really get out there and like say, Hey guys, do not wait for a crisis to happen because it's just so much harder. It's still doable. Absolutely. But like, how do we support ourselves and our partners? It's skills. You guys, we are not biologically equipped to lean in during difficult moments. We are biologically equipped to avoid threats. So being able to learn like, okay, how do I like stay open-hearted during really hard times? Like that's going to be important early on. Well, and I think it's part of our job and what we do here in this podcast is I think people think of like the process of of couples counseling and therapy and self-reflection as like a pretty painful, difficult thing. And they have a hard time really putting their finger on why it's worth it other than just like getting out of the kind of crappy place they feel like they're, they're currently in. And, and I think the big selling point that we want to put out there is like countless couples we've worked with over the years end up reporting after going through this deep process of like, oh my gosh, I am happier than I've ever been with this person. I love this person Mm -hmm. more than I've ever, ever loved them. I'm actually more tolerant for those difficult times because I know we can get through it and we can get closer together. And so that's the thing is that's why you do this work is because it's actually, there's a more sustainable and maybe even sweeter time than the honeymoon on the other side of doing your personal work together. And here's what's important. Maybe you're not meant for each other, who knows, but you gotta try and do the work before you even have clarity around, is my partner a good fit for me? You can't make that decision not going through and doing some of this work. Because no, the work w- is w- is sitting there waiting for you in your next relationship. Absolutely. You know, you and, know. I, and obviously we're talking about like, you know, if there's severe substance abuse going on, yeah. if there's- Active domestic if violence. If there's active domestic violence, that's a whole whole other bag and, and that that's not meant to be treated together. Right. Right. But we're, we're just talking about the, and it can get ugly, right? Like even the non-domestic violence and non-drug abuse, you know, alcohol abuse, just the normal difficulty of a relationship can still get pretty darn ugly and scary and unstable feeling. So so let's, you know, because we have to kind of wrap it up. Let's give some of our listeners out there who do struggle with it got real fast and they're still in this place of confusion, suffering, helplessness. Like what is one of the first steps we can let our listeners know that they might be able to do to start to kind of move forward? Well, I mean, for me, it's about a pronoun and it's we. It's <laughs> it's having a conversation with your partner and saying, wow, we are really struggling. We have a hard time having healthy resolution to our conflicts. We weren't totally prepared for what we're going through right now. How do we, how do we figure out a pathway here? Yeah, how do we move forward? 
heal from the past because you can't just step over it and <laughs> let it be in the back. And I also think it's about once it feels like it's softened, like talk about the disappointments that have happened for you, right? Not like you disappointed me, but like, guy, I was so disappointed because I had this idea in my mind that it was going to be like this. And we can hear that. That's hearable instead of like, you did this to me or whatever. Like really talking about like the disappointment because of like expectations that weren't met. I think that kind of opens the door to like moving forward and having realistic conversations about how and what you want your relationship to be like. And then I think getting support, you know, getting help, what, whatever that looks like, whether it's going to couples counseling, whether it's doing some sort of online program, whether it's reading a book together, you know, we see it over and over where couples come in for a consultation. They spend a half hour with us where we don't give them any solutions. And then they come back to their first session. They're like, oh, things have been better these past couple of weeks <laughs> because just knowing that you're on a pathway and there's some, mm -hmm. you're going to get some help. You can get some guidance that is relieving because, because when we're in that really difficult place with our partner or with ourself, it's so isolating feeling. It's like, oh my God, I got, I can't see a foot and a half past this, right. you know, suffering is incredibly restrictive and identifying we got a problem, right. moving towards some sort of not, not solution, but just pathway of hope. That's the beginning, Right. Absolutely. You know, so feel free, you know, reach out and say like, hey, if this is something you're resonating with, you know, email us at he said, she said, counseling at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Reach out to us via our, our social media's relationship renovation. You know, we're more than happy to kind of like interact with you and say like, hey, even if you're this place, here's an idea. Or there's a way right. to go. You know, that's the other thing is a lot of people just don't know. They're like, what do I do? And that's what we're building this, you know, thing that we do here Absolutely, is for not just our market, but everywhere of like helping people connect the dots and create hope and know that you can have an amazing relationship. You guys can grow together. It, it may have gotten real quick, but you can handle it. You, know? you can handle it and grow even more connected than you possibly could have ever thought you could. Absolutely. Oh, it's happened to us. Yeah. We opened up a counseling center because of it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, that was a fun one. Okay. That was fun, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, take care of yourselves, each other. Happy New Year. Yeah, reach out if you if you guys need anything. Bye, -bye. Bye guys. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you we are the Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.